Welcome to WrestleWolf. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson, and this is our AEW recap and review. Uh, let's get into it. We started with Inner Circle uh, showing up in what looked like an establishing shot from a Michael Bay movie. Uh, they get out and it's announced that the Inner Circle uh, are here. Uh, the first match we had was uh, Hangman Page versus Max Caster for the number one ranking uh, or you know, number one contender match, number one ranking match. Stupid notes, Damien. Uh, after some interference from uh, from Bowens, Anthony Bowens, Hangman Page gets the win over Max Caster uh, and is still the number one contender for the heavyweight belt, for the AEW heavyweight belt. Doesn't seem overly keen to get in the ring with Kenny Omega. Uh, Death Triangles told by Tony Schiavone, 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 the Beach Mum, uh, that they have a tag title match next week. They're interrupted by the best friends who say they haven't forgotten what the Triangle did to OC last year and that the boys are back and they have an alien. Uh, Chris Jericho's with the Inner Circle. He cuts an all-timer promo, it really was, uh, on MJF and the Pinnacle. Chris announces that on the 5th of May, the two factions will compete in a blood and guts match on Dynamite. Christian is now backstage with Dasha. She asks about last week. Christian starts to wind up about uh, how he makes wrestlers level up. And he's interrupted by Taz, who offers Christian a spot on Team Taz and says he doesn't need an answer straight away. Sleep on it and let me know. Uh, Jurassic Express get a win over Bear Country uh, to be the number one contenders in uh, the um, tag team division uh, in a slugfest of a match. Uh, QT Marshall cuts a promo about his new faction, which was actually okay. Uh, Sting is being interviewed by Tony Skiavone. Um, He's interrupted by Jake the Snake and Lance Archer again. Uh, Lance says that uh, this should be his time. He should be on TV. He should be having matches. Stinger grace and cuts a promo uh, and says, now get on with it. Be a star. Uh, we're backstage now with Team Taz and Ricky starts tries to tries to start winding up Brian Cage again. Uh, Taz talks over all the boys, takes charge a little bit. Uh, and says that they need to act like a professional outfit as they have an offer on the table to a blue t- chipper like Christian Cage. Uh, we cut back. Darby Allen uh, earns a tough win over uh, JD Drake uh, and then is beaten down by the Hardy family office. Uh, the Dark Order come to the rescue, which is kind of interesting. Uh, we get a video package about Kenny and the Bucks and their strained relationship. Next up, Chris Jericho is about to be interviewed by the wonderful Alex Marvez. He gets beaten down by the pinnacle who dragged Chris out to the ring. We cut to a shot of the inner circle dressing room uh, where they've been locked in by the pinnacle and trying to smash through the door. We cut back to the ring uh, and see Jericho continue to be pounded upon. And then all of a sudden on the Jumbotron, it's a new song, a new title. It's Mike Tyson. Uh the baddest man on the planet walks down the ring, beats the living shit out of Sean Spears. Uh, Inner Circle finally get to the ring and uh, help complete the save. Uh, Inner Circle stand call, uh, tall as the pinnacle slink off into the night. Tate Conti gets a win over the bunny, having a first match on Dynamite uh, in a hard-fought match uh, with help from Hikaru Shida. 
Uh, video package for next week's Red Velvet and Jade Cargill match follows this women's match, so we get a bit more women's time on the on the match. Uh, and then we're at your main event, ladies and gentlemen. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers get the win over John Moxley and the Young Bucks. Although the big story here is that the Young Bucks are not being able, uh, were not being able to put Kenny away. Uh, and Matt, in particular, kept checking on Kenny during the match. Uh, Mox came in to finish the job. He was getting frustrated, uh, and as soon as uh, as soon as Mox got involved, uh, the Bucks super kicked. Uh, Mox to kind of save Kenny. Eddie Kingston's back uh, from being beaten down a couple of weeks ago. He runs out. He gets beaten down. Um, and then the Bullet Club Elite, Bullet Club Slash Elite, are back together and there's a whole bunch of wolf pack type things happening. So, yeah, there's a bit to talk about uh, from, from this Dynamite. Um so it seems like the majority of you guys were not happy uh, with the main event uh, at all. I mean, the backlash towards it has been, as far as I'm concerned, hysterical uh, at times. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. You, Wade Keller. I mean, to say this is the worst thing that AEW have ever done, um, I mean, one, you obviously never watched the Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match. And two, um, you know, this might just be a storyline that you don't like or that you found a bit boring. Um, You know, I'm not even going to talk about competition. I genuinely thought that this this episode, (laughs) this episode of Dynamite uh, was slightly better than last week. So... I was really confused. Like I watched it, I wrote my review um, and then just checked in a little bit to see what people were saying before I came to record. And I just was bombarded by this, you know, worst dynamite ever. What's going on with the young bucks? Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm not saying that some people's uh, criticism is not warranted. I'm just going to have a little sip of coffee here. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's not warranted. Um, it was a little wishy-washy, but I think if you look into the storyline a little bit harder and give it some room to breathe, it will turn into something. Because ultimately, right now, the story, even though everyone's kind of looking at, at Hangman Page, that, that storyline's not going to happen for months. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega aren't going anywhere near each other for at least another six months. So the storyline right now is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Now, John Moxley needs help, right? Um, so I think maybe the Young Bucks might split. I think Matt Jackson might be a good boy, and I think Nick Jackson might be a bad boy eventually. But that's just a, a, a an idea I'm sort of um, – I'm letting simmer in my head at the moment. I'm just going. I'm just letting it simmer a little bit, and um, you know, we'll. Uh, I once I've completely worked out what I think is going to happen, and you guys will be the first to know. But John Moxley may he may get help from the Bucks, but ultimately, that feud is going to be going on for a while, and it's harder. It's a bigger mountain for for Moxley to crop to climb. Um. When there's more people in the Killer Elite Bullet Club USA 
party style super kick party you know whatever it's it was super kick party 2001 um so me personally if it is just a straight heel turn and the bucks are now sort of being coerced into being Kenny's henchman because of Don Callis I think that's good storytelling and it's been going on for the last few weeks and even though Matt Jackson is a very poor actor he did manage to portray that he was uh he managed to get across that he wasn't that he was um a little bit worried like that he wasn't um that he wasn't 100% on attacking Kenny but he also wasn't 100% on on screwing over Mox and that he's a tweener he's you know um but I mean the wrestling was good in this match there was a there was a story told here because I feel like everyone is telling their own story and then getting upset about that. I mean, the story is that the Young Bucks are now friends with Kenny Omega. You know, they hugged at the end of the at the end of the match. I think I think Matt Jackson's poor acting has led to people going, "Oh, well, they're still they're still tweeners." And uh, they haven't fully committed, and so really nothing's moved on from last week. I think if you just ignore Matt Jackson's face, then it <laughs> then the story's pretty self-explanatory. That like, you know, the Jacksons turned on Mox and have joined, you know, Super Elite Kick Party two thousand and one Deathmatch Group, and like. That's not a but. That's not bad booking. That's good booking. The Bucks need to be bad guys, always. They should never be faces. They are so unbelievable as faces. So good. Let them turn evil. God, the show would be so much more fun and enjoyable with that. Like one as them as a five man group and Don Callis as the manager. Mwah, beautiful. And then it's harder for John Moxley to get to Kenny Omega as well. So it's hard this time for Omega mocks to happen again if it does happen again you know and it probably will let's face it omega mocks three um it has to be different than the other times and this time you know mocks is taking on the bullet club you know or you know japan bullet club circa what 2015 14 um uh matthew said 2007 Maybe it was. It probably was because AJ Styles. Anyway, um, I didn't have any problem with it. I didn't have any problem. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was. I, I I had a week this week with Dynamite where I'm like, do I know anything about wrestling? Am I like, is there something wrong with me? Uh, it seems like the weeks that I enjoy or the characters that I enjoy, the rest of wrestling Twitter hate you know like i'm quite i've quite enjoyed the fiend randy orton alexa bliss storyline because you know it is a storyline um and then people just completely dismiss it because it's like oh well it's got spooky it's spooky bollocks spooky bollocks it's not wrestling like oh man but you've probably got an undertaker coffee mug at work that makes everyone else think that you're a weirdo but you can't handle some black goo coming out of. And it felt like the same thing this week, where it was like, you know, you know what this this actually reeks of to me. It reeks of when, um, when 
uh, everyone had assumed that Matt Hardy was going to be the um, the uh, the exalted one, that he was going to be the head of the Dark Order, and it turned out to be <clears throat> um, Brody Lee. And basically, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this until Brody Lee passed away, the majority of people didn't were not happy with Brody Lee. They didn't like Brody Lee. They didn't like the Dark Order. I mean, I was one of them. I'll, I'll you know. And then there's been this rewriting in people's heads of how they felt about Brody Lee because he passed away. And he, you know, that is all very tragic and everything, but that's the truth. I mean, that's what everyone was saying. And this feels like the same thing where everyone has had this big conversation that I wasn't a part of, where it's like, oh, well, we can't have the Bucks turn heel again uh, because that would just be one too many times. And then it happened, and now everyone's cracked the shits, and AEW's a terrible wrestling promotion. I don't really, I don't really understand how that's come about, or is the story overall the best story of all time? And the Bucks being the centerpiece of the story? No, not really. I mean, is it blowing my socks off? No, but you know, it, <laughs> the wrestling promotion is called All Elite wrestling so you know that comes with the baggage that kenny omega the young bucks and cody rhodes are going to be in the main event a bit and you know they're not always going to they're not always going to book exactly how you wanted them to book and i'm still kind of confused as to why the general attitude seems to be that this is poor booking Don Callis has been trying, like Don Callis was pushing the Bucks away. And then they've realized, they've obviously realized actually we're more powerful if we drag them in. So there's something going on there with Callis and, and because Omega reached out to the Bucks and the Bucks turned their back on them. And then last week, Callis went to the Bucks and, and, and basically said, you're horrible friends and horrible people. And like, you're the bad guys, not Kenny. You know, mind game, psychology. I've actually been enjoying it. Um, so I was expecting them to turn. You know, if that's if that's what your big problem is, it's like, oh well, you know, I thought that was gonna happen and that's what happened. Well, yeah, okay, I can see how you might be disappointed with that. But that doesn't mean that it's necessarily poor booking or it was a poor wrestling show. It just means that, you know, you guess the plot, which probably means it's not the best writing. But there are only so many options in a wrestling show, you know. Um, it, it, me personally, if I'm trying to find, if I'm trying to agree or find some common ground with the people who disagree with me on the show and think it's, that it's the worst wrestling show ever in the history of wrestling, um, maybe it's that Matt Jackson wasn't selling this or was overselling it, so it was very obvious what was going to happen. Um, and maybe making the heel turn more complete, you know, like showing the Bucks sort of. But I just, I don't think people can handle nuance of any kind, you know, like if it's not 100%, and I know if Matt was here, he'd be like, you're a hypocrite, but if it's not 100% heel or face or black or white, then people lose their shit and, yeah. I was just like, am I that out of touch with like, <laughs> you know? Um, 
I thought it was a good show. And even if he didn't enjoy the main event, there was so much else going on in this show. I mean, Hangman Page, again, just another star-making turn. Max Caster um, and uh, Anthony Bowens, they're going to be stars. You know, I really enjoyed them. Can we talk about Death Triangle for a second? I don't like them as a, as a group. I didn't like them when they were first announced. I still don't really like them now. I understand that they might be friends in real life and they want to work together. But if I was promoting this show, I would be taking Pac out and making him a solitary character. And I would be getting a couple of like uh, Lucha boys in to be part of a Lucha family, you know, something like that. The Lucha family kind of writes itself. Um And then you get Alex back to be the interpreter slash manager. And I think that works much better than what we got here with Death Triangle uh, versus the best friends. Am I going to enjoy the wrestling between these two groups? Absolutely. Are the promos still going to be good? Yeah. But it's not as good as it could be. I could see if people were upset about that, then I could get that. But they weren't. They were upset about the Young Bucks turning heel. Um. Man, Chris Jericho's promo is an all-timer. I don't think it's his best promo. I've heard some people sort of go completely crazy and be like, it's the best promo he's ever done. I don't know about that, but it was very, very, very good. I mean, he what he does so well, Matt and I have talked about it on numerous occasions, and, and he does it all the time, is he is constantly putting over the other performers. And himself and the promotion. <laughs> He's uh he is um phenomenal at that. Um I thought the the beatdown stuff later in the episode with uh, Pinnacle made them look a, a bit stronger. Um Mike Tyson was okay. He didn't he looked a, he always looks a bit lost. Um when he doesn't have a specific task to do, he he looks like he doesn't really know where he is. <laughs> Um, is that cruel? I don't know. Uh, but that's what it looks like. But actually, on this episode, he looked he looked pretty strong. He looked like he there were some real punches that Sean Spears took. So it's another little piece of respect that Sean Spears has clawed back for me uh, in the sense of, um, yeah, he's <laughs> he's taking some punches from Mike Tyson. That's uh, you got to respect a man for doing that. Um, I thought Christian's promo was good. I think this Team Taz thing is interesting. Um, does he join Team Taz? I mean, I, I don't think so. I feel like that completely diminishes. I mean, talk about a turnaround from, you know, we've signed Christian Cage. It's the biggest signing of all time. And here he is, part of Team Taz. <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, but then, you know, who does he, like, who does he feud with in particular? It might be Ricky Starks. I get the feeling that, um, yeah, I get the feeling that Christian would want to work with with Ricky Starks. Although Brian Cage is part of TNA and Christian's a TNA guy at times, and so there's a connection there. Anyway, um, you know, Taz and Christian are going to get to do work together, uh, hopefully. Um, well, either way, they will. So that'll be that'll be ace. Uh, Jurassic Express and Bear Country. Man, this was an enjoyable match. Um, I know it was all tied in with Kong versus Godzilla, but I'm 
fine with that. You got to make money. Um, and uh, yeah, no one came out weak in this match. It was just booked well. Um, you know, Bear Country got got over by showing how big and strong they are, and Jurassic Express got over by having a win. So good wrestling booking. I don't care what you guys say. Um, yeah, Sting. Yeah. I've heard people criticize this as well, but I mean, I'd much prefer to see Sting doing this. We talked when he first appeared, Matt and I talked about him as an idea of Sting kind of being the conscience slash almost narrator of AEW Dynamite, where like if he saw something that he didn't like or if he you know, wanted to out something that he would do that. And that's what I really liked about this promo was that like, no, he's not getting involved in Lance Lance Archer's business. No, he's not wrestling Lance Archer. He is just saying, yeah, you do have the ability to be a star. Go and be one. Stop whinging about it and become one. Uh, I didn't mind this and it was different. I thought we were going to get the same thing that we've gotten every week since Sting's arrived. Uh, but we didn't get that this time. I thought it was I thought it was quite interesting. Um what else is there to talk about? I suppose the girls, uh good to see Bunny getting some screen time. Matt has been um pushing the virtues of Bunny since day one. And as usual, he's he's pretty spot on. She's um she's good in ring, she's a great heel, she's she does actually come across as unhinged. I think she could um I think she could be the head of a faction. I want to see a faction that is boys and girls, but fronted by a female wrestler. I don't think that's ever been done before. Has that ever been done before? No, I don't think it has. Um, I'm sure someone will at me um, when I uh, think about it. Uh, Sorry, after the episode. Um, Yeah. But I suppose the thing that we need to talk about, and I know if Matt was here, this is the one thing that we would want to talk about the least slash uh, the most, is QT Marshall's promo. QT Marshall's promo. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. QT Marshall is still the worst thing in it. (laughs) But it was posed to me during the week that this uh, this faction is all about getting over the boys that are in the faction rather than getting over QT. And if that is if that's if that's the truth and that's the way it's, it's going to be booked, and after this promo, um, it feels like that's what's happening. Great, um, I'll stop. I'll t- I'll get rid of my brown brown paper bag and stop hyperventilating about QT Marshall moving into the title picture. Um, but if it QT Marshall is and I what I find bizarre, I mean this is this is what I find bizarre about Markdom of like, you know, there are things that that are objective. Like QT Marshall is not a good promo. And even though overall this promo was good, QT Marshall is still the weakest thing in it. His delivery is poor. He he comes across as nervous and shy, which he might be. You know, he might be that kind of guy. I don't know. I don't know anything about him as a human being, but that's how he comes across to me on screen, right? And professional wrestlers, unless you're mankind, 
um, uh, and even then it wasn't all the time, then he, that's not – you've got to have some self-confidence. He doesn't come across like that. So it's – and when you're playing a heel, it's very hard to hate someone when they're like – Cody was an asshole to me, you know, like you, he's almost sympathetic, you know, and people will confuse that as him doing good work, but it's not good work. Anyway, this is the best thing QT Marshall has been in, but that's a very, very low bar to jump over. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, what else was there going on? Um, it, what I mean with that, just one last thing about the QT thing. If this is a continuous Cody Rhodes versus QT promo, you'll lose. You will lose viewers because it just it. it just, I will say it again. It feels like a a dark feud. It doesn't feel like a dynamite feud. Um, and you can get in HD you know, ultra 4K cameras and you can smash blue paint all over Cody's logo and stuff. It's still, if you, if the one of the two main people in the storyline can't do the work, it, people are going to, people are going to jump off it. But then I, you know, I come across people in, in forums and all that kind of thing saying that, you know, he's great and people will finally understand why he's so great. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, let's not sign Warhorse or Danhausen or anything like that. Let's have QT Marshall on the show. Anyway, um, he was better. That's my one big problem. And, and every other review show I listen to, they just sort of gloss over it, like, oh, yeah, and QT Marshall, you know. They might make reference to him being like a good hand, which is kind of a backhanded compliment. It's like the only way that we're going to get the show, you know, like I'll make no bones about it. I'm a I'm a mark for AEW. I love Dynamite. I love AEW. I want them to succeed. But the only way that you can succeed is by getting constructive criticism. If everybody who's a fan of AEW just refuses to um, give actual criticism, of like, you know, and my criticism is don't book QT Marshall. He, he's not good enough to be on your wrestling product. And just because he's a friend of someone doesn't mean shit. Um, but people don't worry about that. They worry about, oh, well, I didn't want the Bucks to be heels right now. So this is the worst TV show of all time. It's like, well, that's a story that's being told that maybe you were meant to feel that way. Maybe you weren't meant to like that the Bucks have turned heel or haven't or slightly have. That I can deal with. That's storytelling. That's a creative decision that, you know, isn't, you know, isn't super poor by any stretch of the imagination. It's a, it's a face to heel turn. That's what creative wrestling booking is. Um, getting a wrestler's friend to have their own faction because that wrestler is a big deal on AEW, that, that's poor. That is poor booking. That's poor decision-making. Um, and I will 100% stand by that. <laughs> you know, anyone who wants to have a conversation with me about it, you 100% can. QT Marshall being booked on Dynamite is poor booking, 
because he's not good enough to do it. You know, he's getting as much TV time as Christian. And watch their promos back to back. Um, the Bucks turning heel or maybe not turning heel, that that's a story, that's a that's a turn, that's a plot turn that you don't like. They're two completely different things. Anyway, I was in a good mood and then I got real narky there. Um, but, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I can't wait to see this pinnacle uh, inner circle match. Um, I just, I'll finish on Chris Jericho. I'll be real quick and I'll try not to be too much of a mark because I think he, I think he cut such a good promo this week that like I'm starting to like, you know, I, because I liked him again in the kayfabe sense, I'm starting to like him again as a human being. <laughs> That's how good he is at wrestling. Um, yeah, that promo was so good, man. It just, you know, just when you start to feel like, Maybe Chris is losing it, or you're not as interested in him as you may be, may have been in the past. Um, you know, he looks great, which shows that like he was purposely trying to make himself look bad when he was a heel. Um, because you know, it's like the Emperor's new clothes, uh, you know, Emperor's clothes type thing of like he thinks he looks fantastic, even though he knows he doesn't look fantastic. Since he's been a face, he's like covering up a bit more, dressing a lot more. I mean, it's still kind of garish for a 50-year-old, but he is a pro wrestler. He just looked cool. He, like The promo was so great. He got everyone in the inner circle over. He got everyone <laughs> in the pinnacle over. He got himself over. I mean, he was purple. Uh, he was a real Ric Flair, mid-'90s Ric Flair shade of purple by the end of the promo. But, man, you know, he's sweating and bleeding for us, for our entertainment. I Hats off to him, man. Could not give could not give Chris Jericho more marks than uh, than I did for this week's dynamite. But um, look, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, maybe you can explain to me why you're so upset about the bu- Bucks booking. Um, you can do that by getting in contact with us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, you can join our Patreon. Uh, community that's uh patreon.com backslash wrestlewolf um and from the first tier of one dollar you can get involved in the community and tell us you know why you thought that booking decision even though it was a perfectly valid one uh was wrong uh, <laughs> matt will be back next week um we're going to drop uh, we don't really do this, but we're going to drop a WrestleMania review uh, on the Monday night uh, Pacific time. So that will be Monday morning, uh, you know, US and UK time. So that's something to look forward to. I'm actually looking forward to WrestleMania this year in front of a crowd. There's some very interesting booking decisions uh, to be made by Vince and the gang. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, this is not us leaning back towards doing WWE stuff. It's just we've done a WrestleMania uh, episode each year so far. And, um, yeah, I want to do that again. Uh, did we actually did we do the one last year? I think we did. Anyway, if we didn't, we're doing one this year. Uh, NWA will be back next week. Matt will be back with uh, uh, 
AEW. We've got our WCW show that will be up uh, Monday night as well. So how do I do that? How do I get two episodes up at once? It's magic, kids. Uh, yeah, so you can follow us on Patreon. Follow us on uh, YouTube. We're getting more and more listens all the time. I can only thank you guys for getting involved. Um, if you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can do that by going to Patreon and uh, getting involved at the $1 tier. And um, until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead.